Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What's up, Hot breath Verse? Yes, we are back. Happy 2020. This is the Hot Breath Podcast, your weekly guide to comedy mastery. And you know what time it is. Say it with me now. Say it with me now. Don't hold back. Hot Breath. Yes. Hot Breath. This is your host, comedian Joel Byer, straight out of Atlanta. Thank you all for tuning in. If this is your first time, Welcome to the Hot breath verse. If you're a returning hot brethren and sistren, I always appreciate you, and it's always fun to connect. And here in 2020, we're trying something we've never done before. You kind of, it's kind of like one of those things, you got to do what no one else is doing to get where no one else has been. I said that yesterday and thought it was profound and forgot to tweet it, so I thought I'd say it on this podcast, but doesn't really apply here because I've, I know a lot of people like to do recaps at the end of the years, and we had never done one here on Hot Breath, so I thought this would be the perfect opportunity because the show has grown so much. So many people aren't even aware of all the episodes we have out there, but something you probably are aware of if you've listened to several of these is we, uh, we have a favorite question we ask our guests, and that is their favorite boo story, the worst they've ever bombed on stage. What is that show that you will never forget, just the low of the low? And I thought it would be fun to count down the top 10 boo stories in the history of hot breath. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That is right. Because I think this is a big... We're going to learn a lot in listening to this, and it's going to add a lot of just levity to the comedy grind, because sometimes we look at professional comedians and we're like, oh, they don't struggle, they don't they don't know what it's like, or they never bomb anymore, but you're going to hear clips from the top comics in the game sharing their worst bombing stories, and no one's immune to bombing. I mean, if you remember a few years ago... Uh, Dave Chappelle got booed at a show, and then he addresses it in um, in his later special. But it's like at any moment, anyone could just have an off night or whatnot. So, and it's always fun. I, I laugh the hardest at open mics when a comic is bombing or when the stuff's not working. That's I've had comics at open mics be like, "Oh, Joel's laughing. This must not be going well." It's. <laughs> It's just funny because we've all been there. We all know that feeling. So it's good to hear comics at levels we all aspire to get at still struggling or still saying they were nothing without these rough nights on stage. So this adds a lot of a lot of um a lot of camaraderie to comedy that we're all in this together. We all have the highs, we all have the lows, but we can all laugh at them all the same. And if we're speaking of the lows, let's bounce it out with a high in that I just released my comedy special. Yes, yes, yes. Please hold the applause. Save your fingers to go into the show notes and click the link to pick it up. It has been a 10-year journey. A lot of y'all have been following me on this journey. I've been doing comedy almost 10 years. And I decided it's time to go all in on myself, create my own success, film my own special, and release it independently. And it's an exciting moment here at the beginning of 2020 in the sense that I feel like our guests have really shown us this, especially Andrew Schultz, who we're going to play a clip of today as well, but just how we can do it ourselves. And there is a roadmap we can follow. And I'm really... My goal with this special and releasing it independently is to kind of build the blueprint, show the roadmap for how other comics can successfully release their own comedy specials independently and kind of cut out the middleman. So if that's something that interests you, go into the show notes, 
Check it out. You can also pick it up on my website, joelbyerscomedy.com. But also in that link, you can just watch the trailer. If you just want to watch the trailer and see what it's about, it's called The Trophy Husband, which is, I mean, the title. Come on. How could you say no to The Trophy Husband? But I'm really proud of it. I put in so much work and actually filmed it with a fellow hot brother and Isaac Stackhouse. I did his podcast. I talked about wanting to film a special, and he was like, I actually have a production company. We could do this. And a few months later, we've got a comedy special. So it's really just kind of a a grassroots movement here that I'd really appreciate your support in and just any way you can, even if it's just sharing it. You know, this is, we're all in this together, hot brethren and sister. So this is a big moment for all of us. So check it out. Go into the show notes. Check it out or go to joelbyerscomedy.com. And just see what's up with it. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's a good laugh. I've worked really hard on this material. Seriously, I've been building this hour for, I mean, pretty much 10 years. You know, this is kind of my life's work all in one special. So it's it's fun. And I end on a joke that my wife told me not to do, which I think is the perfect way to end a show that's titled The Trophy Husband. But anyway, let's get into this episode. What do you say, huh? Ah, let me take a sip of water. Shout out to everyone also watching this on Patreon. I always post the videos for these on Patreon. So shout out to all of y'all on Patreon. Your support does make a difference. And here we go. So let's get into the first one. What do you say? Let's start off with a banger here. The first boo story. Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. All right, and this is one where he talks about booing, getting booed and bombing in front of Steve Harvey. So, this one, one of the top comics to ever do it, talking about bombing on stage. But I think what would be interesting is to share just even the context for all these interviews I got to do. Just because a lot of y'all only hear the interview and you don't really hear how they happened or anything, but Cedric was actually an interview. I saw he was going to be in town. I'm in Atlanta, but he was going to be in Macon, Georgia, which is like two or three hour drive, which I was willing to drive 10 to interview Cedric. And so I was going to be in town and I was like, you know what, let's, let's throw a Hail Mary here. I I saw a picture of him and Dr. Phil. I went into Photoshop, Photoshopped my face onto Dr. Phil's face and posted on Instagram and was like, Hey everyone, if you want to hear Cedric the Entertainer on Hot Breath, tag him in this photo, tag him in the comments, and maybe he'll do the show. I when we got over a hundred comments of people tagging Cedric the Entertainer, and it all worked out, you know. And I got probably like a three days notice, maybe a two day notice. His opener, JJ from the Sip, who's actually been on here as well, helped me make the connection. So the hot breathers really rallied around making this interview possible. I you know the research I do on these interviews. And I went head first into the Cedric the Entertainer world as much as I could. Even so much, I got to the venue early so then I could sit there and keep doing research. So up until me going into the venue, I was going over my notes, organizing it, seeing how I wanted to flow the interview. I mean, it's, and it really paid off because I learned a lot about him and he was really impressed with the research and he took a hot breath water. He said he was going to hold on to it. So I think it's the first of... Many we're going to get here, but he really, and it's really thanks to y'all and the support of Hot Breath of Verse, he really set a new bar for the podcast and what is possible, and we're going to reach even higher here in 2020, so I'm excited. So, jumping into this one, enjoy the boo story of Cedric the Entertainer. Every comic I ask on here, I ask them a story of getting booed on stage, or just... Epic failure. I know you've been in like Memphis and you've gotten a fight. You've had to yeah. give people back their money yeah. in some show. Yeah. Is yeah. there one that stands out that you just like, I'll never forget this moment? You know, the toughest one for me, like I gotta, you know, admit, probably the toughest one was in New York and it was for a, like an industry showcase and I was oh, there. Perfect. And it was one of them, you know, one of them ones where you feel like you're gonna try to write jokes for the audience, right? So you're gonna try right. to change your yourself to fit them and I bombed I mean I walked up and bombed and it was like a horrible feeling and Steve was there actually Harv was there and he literally walked on stage after me and I mean it's, it's this corporate environment he cussed they ass <laughs> out oh, and, the audience and they were dying like they just 
loved the fact that he was just real. Like, and he was right. just like, and he was like, you know, you sitting there in your little, I'm just one of the funniest dudes in the world, blah, blah, blah. He just let him have it, boom, boom, boom. And that's when he was like, don't go, then he just basically like, don't ever change, man. Just do you. If that don't work, then it don't work. But don't try to fit in, like, you know. So Big that lesson. was one of the most valuable lessons I took. I mean, of course, you took some L's at many different times, you know. Yeah, we all have. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the business, you know. Right. I mean, it is that. So, But uh, it was one that, that, that particular lesson was one that I was like, okay, I can use that one. Yes. All right. There you go. Certain Entertainer bombing on stage. Doesn't get much better than that. Let's keep it moving here, all right? So, the next comic, Miss Pat, everyone. Yeah, and this is a this is an old interview. A lot of you may not know that we started this podcast over four years ago with the goal of interviewing all the Atlanta comics on Last Comic Standing that year. There were 10 of them, and I wanted to interview all of them. I thought it'd be a, a good time capsule for Atlanta comedy, Miss Pat. Grew up here in Atlanta, and I knew she was she was going to be a. I thought she was going to be a tough one to get, and I was very excited that she was willing to do the show. We actually met up in one of my old classrooms. It was like a cinder block room, nothing luxurious. I've posted photos of us doing this interview, but now to see where she is is incredible. And I've opened for her since then, and she said she's going to do the show again. And I'm just so thrilled for everything going on with her, and I'm thrilled to get her back on the show. But she was another one, kind of like Cedric, where it was kind of like, oh, setting the goal to interview 10 people, and I probably only knew three of them. So I set a goal I didn't know how I was going to achieve, and I just made it happen. So that added a new confidence just to what is possible, and getting Miss Pat was a big, big, big milestone in this podcast history. So I thought it'd be a perfect way to share the boo story of her from her old Atlanta days, so definitely enjoy this one with Miss Pat, and if you enjoy it, reach out to her. She's very active on social media. Let her know you heard her on Hot Breath, and she should do it again, and here we go. Miss Pat. We all have a boo story, getting oh. booed on stage. What's yours? Um, I've, I had a dude that tried me one time. We was doing like open mic over in the um, New Orleans-style restaurant over off of Peachtree, Copeland's. So they used to oh, do right. comedy there at night. And it was this dude that was booing me. And the place used to be packed. Nobody really listened to comedy. But he was booing me behind a wall, and he had a skull cap on. And I lit his ass up. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I've never been, I don't think I've been booed where I had to just leave the stage. I always fought back. So. What was, what's the story about you having Nerf balls thrown at you? Uh, that's oh my god! <laughs> I was uh, I was with my friend Double D. You know Double D know if you a comic from Atlanta. Yep. So he signed me up because I had been doing I had been doing open mic for about two three months. So we over at, at Griff. He was Griff used to be on V one hundred three at the yeah, time. I know Griff. So we go to his room and uh, if the people don't like you, they throw these Nerf balls at you. I didn't know that. <laughs> so as the people come into the comedy spot, they get a, they they pay their ticket money and they get they give them as many Nerf balls as they want. So Double D signed me up and I looked at him. He's like, "Come to the stage, Mid Pat." I'm like, "Who the fuck is Mid Pat?" Like that's me. I'm like, "Bitch, you you signed me up." He's like, "Yeah, you gotta start going on stage more." So I get up there. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, nervous, because I've never really been in front of a real comedy crowd, and I'm not doing well. And so this young dude, look, nice dressed black gentleman, hit me in my forehead with a fucking Nerf ball. And I'm from the hood. I'm 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 a battered bitch. You don't fucking hit me. And I said, nigga, did you just hit me in my head with that motherfucking ball? I said, hit me again, bitch. I'm going to jump off this stage, and I'm going to smash your motherfucking ass with that turtleneck on. Wow. And I picked that ball up, and I hit that some bitch in the chest, and the crowd just went wild. <laughs> that was my first standing ovation, running Jordan big ass in the corner, yep. hollering, yeah. screaming. And I said, I can't believe that motherfucker hit me with that. And it wasn't no regular. It was Nerf ball. That kind of you bounce on the ground. That motherfucker hit me and put a dent in my forehead. And I got a big forehead. Yeah. That motherfucker brew all I, I had a flashback of my baby daddy beating me. <laughs> I said, nigga hit me with another ball and it's gonna be on a day. And then I jumped up and said, fuck that shit, y'all. Let's rob this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Why I wanted to rob somebody at a comedy show, I don't know. I don't know. 
because I was going to rob him. Right. Because I, I had just kind of like come out of the streets. Uh-huh. You don't fucking put your hands on me, dude. I worked too hard to keep a motherfucking hands off me. <laughs> that motherfucker put his hand on me. I tried. Oh, my God. I said, y'all, let's rob this nigga. <laughs> and the crowd said, hell yeah, let's rob him. I was like, well, what are we robbing him for? <laughs> what are we robbing him for? He was so scared of me. And he had on one of them big turtleneck. I said, now hit me with another ball, bitch. Mm-hmm. I choke your ass out with that goddamn turtleneck on. Pussy ass. Well, I was calling him everything. <laughs> I was mad. I was really mad. That was my. That's my boo story. All right. Coming up next, a hometown favorite. A lot of you have actually found this show via the next comedian. And of course, I am talking about the one, the only, the Mark Norman, everyone. Yes, the Mark Norman. A lot of y'all have found the show from all the stuff I posted on YouTube with him or just hearing it through the audio. He's been in the the zeitgeist a lot lately, and he's just a, a comedian's comedian. You know, he, he has a heart for the craft, and he's just a unique, one-of-a-kind voice in this game. So I've been so honored that he's been willing to do the show twice, and he's coming back to Atlanta this year, so I'm excited to get him back on again. But it's really a fun perspective to hear him and his sense of humor talking about the highs and lows of his comedy. And this interview actually came about uh, where I saw he was going to be in Atlanta and I tweeted at him and he said, sure. So sometimes some of these interviews, you know, it's it's kind of going all the way around. You know, Cedric, it was the hot breath of verse tagging him on social media and his opener building the bridge uh miss pat it really was we had a lot of mutual friends and a lot of mutual connections that referred me to her that added credibility to the show uh mark normand i tweeted at him and he said yeah sure let's do it and then now we've done the show twice together so this is a fun interview and uh it's a fun little story mark has here about one of the lows of comedy so enjoy on the flip side, they're almost too honest because if you bomb, they'll literally boo you. Has that happened to you? Oh, my God. I've been booed twice. Oh, let's hear it. Uh, well, one, there's this room in Harlem called the Mocha Lounge. And uh, me and my friend Mike Lawrence used to go up there for kicks, which I guess sounds <laughs> kind of racist. We were like, let's go up to this black room because it'll be an adventure. And uh, it was it was in Harlem. It was like all black audience. The host was like the blackest man alive, just this guy named Smokey. Smokey and, Suarez? Yes. Oh, you know cool. Smokey? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> That's crazy. So we go up once, and I, I just, I had the set of my life. I wouldn't say the set of my life, but I had a good set, and I was very just in the moment, and like I could tell the audience was into it, and then I had another set where I got cocky, and I bombed, and they booed me, and they cut the mic, and it was a whole thing, and then after I got off stage, the, the host tore me to pieces. <laughs> you know. That so. was one. You said you've been booed twice? Ah, uh, that was another time. It wasn't wasn't that cool, but I went to... <laughs> it wasn't that cool. It wasn't as fun as that story, but I went to this place also in Harlem, and uh, this guy went on stage and did a, a bunch of sound effects, mm. and uh, I went up after him, and I was like, hey, I didn't know Michael Winslow was still working, and uh, he was booing me just by himself. Uh-huh. So I was getting laughs, but he was like, boo, fuck this guy, boo, because I had made fun of him, Right. and that was, that was it. <laughs> Then he came up to me after and he said, if you make fun of me again, I'll kill you. And I said, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> all right. Moving right along here to Hot Breath episode number four. This is a Hot Breath favorite right here. All right. This is a goodie. This guy, I mentioned him in the intro. He is building a blueprint for how comedians can create their own success. Andrew Schultz, everyone. Andrew Schultz, yes. Yes, yes, yes. He... Is really, since we interviewed him, he has really taken off. And I'd like to give Hot Breath credit for that. I think he got the Hot Breath bump. But what's really fun about this interview, and how we actually got this interview, just in case you're curious, I saw he was coming into Atlanta. And like Mark Norman, I just tweeted at him. And he said, yeah, let's do it. Boom. A comedian that loves comedians. So he was willing to connect and help out. And what's fun is he was at a comedy club here in Atlanta. And the turnout wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like packed, but what I found interesting and we talk about in the episode is he would do like, who here knows me from the podcast? And a lot of the people were from the podcast, even back then, this is before he was selling out theaters and killing it on social media. He was 
out on the road and still had some people coming out from the podcast. So we were able to catch him kind of right before he hits that next gear. It was very interesting, and we talked about how he was shooting his own special, and now we know how that ended up. He ended up releasing it independently, and the rest is literally comedy history. So this is a fun story also of Andrew Schultz bombing on stage. So if you enjoy this and you enjoy hearing him, check out the full episode or hit him up on social media. Let him know you liked him on Hot Breath, and he should do it again. Enjoy. Yeah, I'd imagine with your style, you've probably have gotten some mixed reactions developing oh, yeah. that style. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> girls would go. They used to throw fucking candles at me and shit like that, like lit candles. Oh wow! People used to fight. I got punched in the face once on stage. What? <laughs> Tons. Yeah. Have you ever been booed? Oh fuck yeah! Of course. What's uh? What's your favorite boo story? Uh, I mean, boos aren't even close to as interesting. Like boos are easy. You could flip a boo. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that's uh-huh. not like when people boo me. It doesn't like if I'm getting booed, it, it doesn't count in the same way as a, as a boo. It's not like boo. It's like boo. You're bad. You're not funny. It's boo. I don't enjoy you justifying these things that I think are horrible. Mm. I don't mind that because that boo is just the same as an O. It's just their way of saying I don't agree with this. I need everybody in this room to know. That I don't agree with that sensibility. Mm-hmm. A boo of just you're not funny, that's got to hurt. <laughs> I don't think I've ever got one of those, but that's got to hurt. <laughs> that is just rough. I bombed plenty of times, but yeah. never to the point where it was so offensive. Never where the bombing was so just outright offensive to the audience that they felt a need to make sound back <laughs> at you. Right? Like they would just rather come up and punch you in the face. Is that what well, happened? Yeah, that was I was just I was my first time ever doing a hood room and I was just oh. talking shit to one of these guys in a crowd and he just walked up and punched me in the face. <laughs> and I threw him out and they handed me back the microphone. They're like, all right man, keep doing your thing. <laughs> Did you ever go back? Yeah, next week. Yeah. Gotta That's what it. you gotta do, man. Gotta do it. Yeah. Right away. All right. Have I said all right at the beginning of all these transitions? I don't know. All right. (laughs) The next comic coming up, one of my favorites, one of the most unique talents in comedy, that is Jeremiah Watkins. Yes, you all know him from Kill Tony. You all know him from the Jeremiah Wonders podcast. He is a -a one-of-a-kind comedic talent, an absolute legend already in this game. He's so young, but he has so much respect in comedy, and he's all well-deserved. One of the most amazing talents I've ever seen live can go into in and out of any character, and we talk about that in this episode, like how he develops so many characters. But we also talk about the bombs. This is one of my favorite bomb stories in the history of Hot Breath. Just the mess that comes out of this is amazing. But he was willing. I had done... um, I had gone to the comedy store. I had performed on the roast battle. We met that way. And then when Comedy Central came to Atlanta and taped the roast battle, I did a taping of that. Um, actually against Dulce Sloan from The Daily Show. We started out in comedy here in Atlanta. Um, you've probably heard me talk about it on the show before. I won't go into it. But they ended up cutting out my part, which I'm so grateful for now just because I'm so glad that my big debut will be from this comedy special that is linked in the show notes if you want to check it out. And it was a fun moment. And just in comedy, just to be in a TV taping and see what that's all about. But I got to hang out with them then as well. And I've been back to LA since. And we've we've hung out and we've just built a rapport. So my most recent trip out to LA, I was like, hey, would you mind doing my podcast? And boom, we actually recorded it. You can see the video on the Hot Breath YouTube page. But we recorded it in my friend's apartment while he was at work. I had to like rearrange the room and set up chairs and try to put some set decorations around. Like you can see in the video here I'm doing right now, I'm like experimenting with some new lighting, trying to make it look all fancy and crisp. So yeah, everyone on Patreon, you see I'm trying here. All right. You're seeing your Patreon dollars at work. I I got a light. Okay. I've got some three point lighting going on here. So if you want better lighting, go on over to Patreon. (laughs) Help us get more lighting. But this is a fun one with Jeremiah Watkins. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side. That's what I laugh the hardest when a comedian's bombing. Well, yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, whenever you see your buddy bomb, that's some of the hardest laughs I've ever had in my life is watching friends just be like, 
Oh no! <laughs> it's just like quicksand. The audience is just like consuming them, and and you're in the back, just like dying. Me like. Yes. yes, yes, this is amazing. They went up there so cocky, and they were like, oh, "I'm gonna fix this room," and then just like completely. Oh, my favorite. It's so good. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. So, what is probably one of the most epic bombs you've ever had, man? Or if you've gotten booed on stage, or I haven't really gotten booed on stage. I don't know something about my personality or maybe something about my confidence on stage. I don't know. It triggers a lot of hecklers if mm. I'm not having a good set. Like <laughs> I do not know why, but I've had to deal with a lot of people just like in weird environments. It's never like really like the great like clubs or, or venues like where you get heckled. It's like your random bar shows where you're like, I don't want to be here. Like, why is this person adding to this? I don't know. I mean, I've just had a bunch of sets where it's so quiet after I do this long act out where it's just like, they don't even like, you can hear like your own breath like inhaling and exhaling like that's the only thing you hear in the room is and it's this feeling of like is laughter or or are the claps ever going to come and then you have to comment and you're like all right so uh, uh i guess you guys didn't like that or uh on to this next bit I I mean one one epic bomb really that I always go back to is uh this set that I had uh at the Laugh Factory years ago where um it was early on in my stand up I and I just remember it so vividly as like probably one of the worst times I've felt on stage is uh I wasn't quite dialed in with my physicality yet I would just be like super spastic on stage and I wasn't control like I would like to think of my set now as more of a controlled chaos. Like it's dialed in. Uh, I know my parameters. I know my reach and everything. I, long story short, I did this dumb act out where I kicked a stool into the audience, and uh, it landed on the front row. It spilled this guy's drinks uh, all over his iPhone, all over his wallet, all over his lap, and and his date. <laughs> and I was just like, I didn't have the tools as a comedian yet to address it properly and really apologize. I literally was like, uh, uh, like, and like a waitress is coming in to towel this guy off and he's like oh. fuming mad and furious. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then I just go right in the next bit right after oh that. I didn't know what to gosh. do because I still had time left. Like I wasn't lit yet. I, and I just like started sweating. I was like, I'm so sorry. So you guys ever notice how like right into the next bit and the audience is like, oh my, what? He just, he just knocked a stool into the crowd and just not drinks all over the, and he's going right back into material. And it was just like this, like the bomb was so huge, oh, but yeah. the fact that I wasn't self-aware made me bomb even harder mm -hmm. and probably not recover. Oh no, no, it was horrible. How long into your career was that? Dude, it was like probably honestly two years in two years. and it was my buddy's birthday that I invited him uh, oh. and, and he brought a bunch of friends. He's like, it's my birthday. Dude, my friend is really funny. He's been killing it. And I just, <laughs> dude, I just crapped the bed entirely. This next one here is with a comedy legend, hot brethren and sister and Ian Bag goes down as maybe the best comic to ever do crowd work. And the fact I was able to sit down with him and just pick his brain about how he does crowd work so well. It was really just one of my favorite moments in Hot Breath history to just be able to sit down with him and just be like, how are you the best at this? And what is your technique? And what are your secrets? That's what I love about this podcast. You get to get into the details on that. So this Ian Bag episode is a doozy. I actually... um. I believe this one was a social media one as well. I maybe sent him a DM on Instagram, I believe. 
I must not know this one. I knew he was in a, he was at comedy club in town, but you know what? This one actually might've been, see, a lot of people wonder how I get these guests. And a lot of it, sometimes it's by referral of other friends and mutual acquaintances. Sometimes it's by, um, uh, social media. I just hit them up on social media and they're like, yeah, sure. Sometimes I hit them up on social media. They don't respond, and then I go and meet them in person at one of their shows, and then I like meet them then and see what we can make happen. You know, it. Every guest is different, and that's what I've learned in doing almost two hundred of these. Ian Bag, I believe I met him at his show, and we talked, and the rest is history. He's now on Hot Breath. We did this interview in the lobby of his hotel. I got there early. I was setting up the cameras and everything. I was wearing a suit. And the manager of the hotel came up and was like, hey, um, can I help you? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm Joel Byers with the Hot Breath Comedy Network. I'm here headlining, uh, here headlining. I'm here interviewing the headliner of uh, the Punchline Comedy Club. And they're like, oh, and they, they're like, oh, well, that's an official white guy in a suit. He must know what he's talking about. And they left me alone. And now we got this awesome story for me and Bag. So have fun with it. Crowd work is Crowd work is when it can go sideways and you don't care and can still make something out of it. What is the most sideways? What's the most sideways? Oh, I go all the time. Like one the last time I was here, a guy was throwing bananas at the comics before me. What? And I and they didn't kick him out and I went on stage and it went sideways from there. They wanted to fight me. Like that that kind of sideways. Like yeah, that, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's I've had a girl pass out in the middle of the show and hit her head. Like, you know, I had a guy have a seizure in the middle, like that kind of the, the, the sideways where you shouldn't, you should think everything stops, but you're able to keep it. The ball's moving. Mm -hmm. You can, can be concerned about them. They can be taken care of and they leave. And then you keep the show going like that kind of sideways, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of, uh, uh, I, I love when I say to somebody, are you married? My husband's dead. You know, that kind of thing. You know? <laughs> now you got to take that. And like that goes sideways. People get, you get death will throw a real weird wrench into a show. No, uh, no, no a time. Show. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be able to, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. You got to be prepared for anything. You know, it's like flying a plane. You got to be prepared for anything. So you just, and the big thing is about making people able to escape letting her escape from her husband being dead mm -hmm. if you can get her to escape from that the rest of the crowd's gonna follow so you lean into that when someone oh says, yeah my husband's dead you like oh what you go like what happened or? i'm like how long uh-huh how long has he been dead for so you're single all right you know what I mean? right you leave your money because i'll call my <laughs> wife right now <laughs> and then boom you're yeah something yeah something stupid like that Something stupid but effective. Yeah. Something stupid but something, something to make her laugh. You know, you mm -hmm. know, just because yeah, people are there to laugh to escape. Okay, a booze story show would not be complete without this next guest. We threw his counterpart up on guest number three. Story number three of this podcast. Now we're bringing him in. Joe List. Yes, the second half of Tuesdays with Stories. The right-hand man of Mark Normand. Joe List. It was so cool to get to interview him. He's a guy I actually... Sometimes before I ask someone for an interview, I'll research them to see if I can drop some gems in on them um, while I ask them. So like Mindy Tucker, for instance... Some of you may have heard of Mindy Tucker. She is like the comedy photographer in New York. Uh, out in L.A., if you've seen the Comedy Store, Instagram, and all that, Troy Conrads is um, kind of the comedy photographer out there. He's um, photographed all the comedy specials out there. You know, like Tom Segura, he um, does, photographs the Comedy Store every night. I was actually able to interview Troy up in Montreal. I went on a trip up there with Miss Pat a few years ago. I was able to interview Troy up there. But Mindy Tucker was down here. This story will make sense in a minute when I talk about researching guests and asking them. Mindy Tucker was down here in Atlanta for the Red Clay Comedy Festival. And I, I knew she was legendary in comedy. And I, I had to get her on the show. So I did some research on her first. And I heard through researching her that she was a fan of Studs Terkel, who was like an old school interviewer. Did a lot of um, a, a well-known interviewer from back in the day. So... 
I um and shout out to Holly and Lene as well. She was actually she actually I saw her just working with Hot Sister and Beth Stelling, so it's good to see Holly doing well. But Holly was actually talking to Mindy when I came up. And I introduced myself to Mindy and told her uh, if she asked her if she'd be interested in doing the podcast. And I was like, it's more, it's kind of like what, it's kind of like if Studs Turkle had a podcast. And she was like, oh, well, you know the magic word right there. And then Holly jumped in and was like, yeah, it's one of my favorite podcasts. It's it's super legit. You've got to do it. And boom. So another example of the hot breath of verse helping out. Ah, good water. So said all that to say, Joe List was in town also for the Red Clay Comedy Festival, and I didn't really know how to connect with him, so I sent him an email, and in the email, in, um, I may have tried to hit him up on social media, didn't get a response, so I sent him an email, and at the bottom, I, uh, I put a quote of like his favorite philosopher, I believe it was Tig Nhat Hanh, or something like that, but... I did a quote of his favorite philosopher. I discovered he enjoyed this philosopher um, through researching him before asking. So I put that in there. And then I think that kind of sold him. that Like, oh, this guy must, might be on the same wavelength. So Joe was willing to do it. I actually met up with him at his hotel. And here's his uh, bombing story. Enjoy. Something I always like to ask comedians on here is like an epic bombing story or like even to the point of where you get booed on stage. Yeah. I'm sure you having a, um, a drinking regimen, I'm sure some have come up. Some yeah. Epic bombs. Yeah. Well, when you're drinking, it's much easier to have a snap set and kind of lose your mind and get pissed. <laughs> um, now I'm a little more uh, accepting of whatever sort of comes and happens on stage. But um most booing bomb set was opening for Bob Saget. Oh my gosh! At uh, the University of New Hampshire, in, uh, in New Hampshire, obviously, and it was like three thousand kids in a gym, and they were just fired up to see Saget. And the show started about an hour late because there was a problem with the fire marshal, but they had all the kids outside, and it was in like February in New Hampshire, so it was freezing. Mm-hmm. And then when it was time to start the show, they were literally chanting Saget and like stomping on the bleachers. And it was like the classic comedy formula where the guy comes out and he's like, are you ready for Bob Saget? And everyone was like, ah. And then they were like, well, first we have an opener, Joe List. And they started booing like immediately. And um, it was like 3,000 kids or maybe whatever, 1,500 kids, however uh-huh. many were booing. But people booing and really, it was, uh, it was a melee. But, um, but it was fun. That one, it actually wasn't that bad because I knew that they were kind of booing the fact that it wasn't. Bob Saget, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really the material. It was like they listened to my material and were like, "Wait a minute, boo!" They right. were just booing like, "Fuck this guy!" And then at one point, some guy yelled out, "Hey, faggot, bring out Saget!" And that was actually uh, that was actually pretty enjoyable. I was like, "Well, that was fun." Yeah. Uh, not that I condone that language, but you're like, "Well, if you're gonna throw a rhyme in there, mm. that was fun." Um, and Saget loved it. He was laughing, and uh, I was supposed to do like 20, and I ended up doing like you know 14. And I remember turning to the side of the stage and being like, "Can I wrap this?" And they kind of had took pity on me and were like, so I said mercy and left. But uh, that was definitely the most booing situation. I did comedy at a gym one time, like a Gold's Gym. What? This guy that ran a gym had an idea to like have comedy during it. So it was a bunch of like, you know, bodybuilders behind me, like dropping the leg press and then like, you know, married women on like the elliptical machine, uh-huh. with, like headphones and be like, what the hell is this asshole talking about? <laughs> and that was pretty bad. So there was been definitely a bunch of weird bad yeah. shows i mean there's always bad shows with comedy yeah that's that's why i always like to ask comedians because we all have those stories it's funny that it, the guy's like you being a comedian you're like show to gold's gym that's a terrible idea i'll yeah. do it right you know <laughs> well that was interesting because this was like maybe like two years into my career when so i was 19 or 20 or whatever mm-hmm. and that actually my buddy was telling me it was his gig and I was like, I'll open. He was like, I got to do a half hour at a gym. And I was like, give me 20 bucks. I'll do 10 minutes in front of you. And he was like, Are you, of course, yes. And uh, so that was like, it wasn't even like a hell gig that I was asked to do. I begged my way on to a gig at a gym. It was pretty. Uh-huh. But I, at the time, I wanted to, uh, now I feel like I'm past that point, but I wanted to do comedy every way to experience. I did the Naked show one time and I did nice. comedy at a gym and I've done it like rock and roll. I was like, I want to do every form of stand-up. Mm-hmm. And then after a certain point, that's no longer beneficial to you, I think. Mm-hmm. Like doing bad shows is no longer like, oh, this will help me. 
only three more hot brethren and sister. And thanks for hanging out with me. Seriously. This is, this is fun. I hope you enjoyed this. If you like these compilation episodes, please do reach out to me and let me know on social media that you would like to hear more of these. Here in 2020, I'm ready to start experimenting. I really, really, really want to connect with you more and learn more about how this show can help you or how I can help you personally. And let's let's really help each other more. A lot of the theme of these episodes you've heard are the hot breath of verse helping these interviews happen so how can i help you as well so this next guest one of the most helpful comics in comedy this guy has one of the most helpful podcasts out there he is the host of the school of laughs podcast rick roberts yes a nashville favorite he is a true 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 asset to the comedy world his podcast is is a masterclass on comedy. He shares so much great insight. Over 20 years in comedy, he is a very, very, very well-researched and experienced insight into the craft of comedy, and he really has helped me a lot. Not only by we did each other's podcast, but I've done Skype sessions with him, and he's helped give me some guidance and things like that. So he, he's really a, a mentor in this comedy game, I would say. And I knew in getting to interview him for this, we would have a lot of audience crossover. And I know a lot of you have actually found this show through the School of Laughs. So thank you all, however you found this show. I appreciate it. Rick, if you haven't heard his podcast, definitely go check it out. It's worth a listen. He's awesome. And he has an awesome boo story. You know a guy who's been doing comedy as long as Rick. He's going to have some bombing stories. So he gave a lot of good insight into comedy, but he also shared this really good bombing story. So here we go. A big a big uh, teacher is failure, for sure. And um, something all comedians do is bomb along the way. And I ask all my comedians on here an epic failure on stage uh, a booze story if possible and in 27 years there's got to be at least one gig out there that oh, was yeah. just epic failure there's only one gig that wasn't yeah. <laughs> 27 years yeah it's, it's tomorrow's gig uh, maybe we'll see we'll find out i just do the barney five i think the one that was on the biggest scale okay was a new year's eve show i was doing with the improv group we were in kellogg arena in battle creek four thousand tickets they had us, it's an arena, so they got the floor, they got the lower level. Off of the upper level, they, they put a stage on scaffolding so that everybody on the other side of the arena could see us and the people that were having dinner seated on the floor could see us. They could see us. They couldn't hear us very good. Mm-hmm. We were using the, the big Bertha sound speaker that's in the middle of Kellogg Arena with a microphone that was feeding back like every 10 seconds. And we're improvs. So we're not right on the mics like a comic would be. We're three feet, five feet away. And so we we got through our first two sketches, you know, with a little reaction. The third uh, scene that we did was Mr. Know-It-All, where three people sit down, they, they answer a question one word at a time. Hmm. So, like, there'd be a host, he would get a question from the audience, you know, what's the meaning of life? Mr. Know-It-All, what's the meaning of life? I think that life is all about, you know. Gotcha. And you try to answer it. If you answered it even close to, you know, something that sounded right, they would clap and laugh or whatever. This is all with one microphone? Yeah, so he okay. He would kind of give us, so, <laughs> well, I guess we probably had a mic on the stand. So we would give our answer, and then, like, the second question is, all right, who else has a question for Mr. Know-It-All? And, like, from, I don't know, as far as you could be in an arena in the corner where it echoed across the entire place, the guy goes, when does, does the comedy star start? <laughs> and the whole place goes, yeah, when does it start? <laughs> You know, and it was just like the <gasps> Gary Fields, who runs a great, ran a great club, a couple of different clubs up in Battle Creek for many years. He he just came on stage. He goes, guys, it's totally my fault. I should have had you in a different place, mic'd up better. You're done for the night. You still get paid. Go party. It's New Year's. Let's have a good time. And then he told everybody in the arena. He goes, hey, anybody that's here tonight, bring your ticket to my club this weekend. You can get, see the guys in a real comedy club environment, and it's on us. Oh, okay. So you know, was, we made out okay with it, but it was just like. Really, in front of 4,000 people, we just <laughs> yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the worst as a group. There's there's a few just individually when I was doing stand-up to where it always comes down to where I didn't 
I, I wasn't aware of the situation. Gotcha. Like there was a guy I was doing a one nighter somewhere in Wisconsin or yeah, probably Wisconsin. And everybody was digging the show throughout the show. The first two acts I get on stage, but there's one guy at the bar that was just talking loud the whole time on his phone. Wasn't even looking at the, the comedy show. And so I'd had it, you know, like the first two comics didn't say anything. The crowd was noticeably disturbed. Like that side of the room couldn't enjoy the show. They kept turning their, and so I got on, I'm like, listen, all right, here's the deal. You guys have been real patient. You've been laughing, but uh, I'm not going to keep on going unless this guy over here gets off the phone. What do you guys think? And they're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the guy turned around and goes, I've got your paycheck. <laughs> he was the owner of the bar. <laughs> and I'm like, we're going to just plow through it, guys. <laughs> and so. Uh, That's how you start the headlining set. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because I'm a nice guy, but if I see like some, something not being solved, it gets under my skin. Uh huh. So I just went right after the guy, right off the top. And like, it took me a little while to get the crowd back because they were like, should we, should we laugh or should we let him talk quietly? And, you know, just a weird deal. Oh, but you got the crowd. You got yeah, the crowd okay. was good. Rick Roberts, how are you not well, going to get yeah, the crowd? Yeah, you know? yeah, but <laughs> Reel them in. I had an easy feature that week. You know? <laughs> it wasn't like making me work as hard as most of them did. <laughs> okay, kids. Solo dos mas esta noche en el próximo comedian. The next comic on this Boo Story compilation is Ian Edwards, one of my favorite comics. This guy is a writer's master class is what his episode turned into. He's one of the best writers in comedy. He's written on all the TV shows and, you know, blackish, um, two broke girls. I mean, every, every show under the sun, SNL at one time, he is one of the best writers in the game. And his episode really does give a unique insight into comedy writing. So if you're struggling with writing or you're hoping to get some more writing done here in 2020, that Ian Edwards episode is a good one to go check out. And I'm going to put links to all those episodes in the show notes. So don't you worry, kids. We're going to get it all get it all in there. But Ian, we actually, um, I believe, I hit him up. Yeah, I hit him up on social media. I believe it was Twitter. I hit him up. And then um, he was the laughing skull here in Atlanta. So I went and met him as well. It's always good, even if I connect with him on social media, go meet him in person. Let him know I'm a human. And I'm not trying to just meet up with them just for the sake of a selfie. But I'm really serious about comedy and documenting as much educational content as I can around comedy to help other comics, including myself, get better faster. So Ian definitely is a helpful, helpful, helpful comedian, especially when it comes to writing. Check out his podcast. We actually recorded this one in the lobby of his hotel. I've recorded several comedians in this lobby. Um, Roy Wood Jr., uh, Robert Kelly, um, Noah Garden Schwartz. They're, they they all stay at the same hotel when they perform at the Laughing School, and there's like this alcove. And if you go on the YouTube, you can see me trying. I try to um, position them in different spots so you can't tell it's all in the same spot. But Ian was very generous with his time and information. And um, I've heard a lot of, in researching him, I heard a lot of his interviews, and it, a lot of people had trouble kind of cracking him open. He seems kind of a very subdued guy, but, you know, that hot breath, we gave him the heat, and then he gave us that comedy heat, including this amazing story you're going to enjoy. So check it out. And that process, learning that process can require a lot of bombing. Yeah. Uh, what, we, I feel like every comedian, I always ask all the comics, like, their most memorable bombing, or like getting booed on stage, uh-huh. or like, is there one that pops out into your mind that's just like, unforgettable uh there's there's a lot of them but one like talk about growing like when i started in new york i just wanted a strong five minutes Mm -hmm. and then i got that strong five minutes and i'm from jamaica so that material was about me being jamaican there's a lot of jamaicans in new york it used to kill like from beginning to end and then you'd like start getting respect and spots and stuff like that and then uh i got booked on a show in philly you know, at Temple University with some other comics. And then uh, I go out, I do my first joke, and that shit bombed. Because mm. there's no Jamaicans mm-hmm. in Philly. And then my next joke is about being Jamaican. So it's just like a thousand <laughs> people staring at me like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Right. We don't know any Jamaicans or have any contact or context. And the 
third joke, and then they start they the whole. Uh, this must be like five hundred to a thousand people that booed me. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Which is why, like, <laughs> like, uh, but it makes you tough. Of course, it makes you tough. Cause, of course, and sometimes on Twitter, like I made this video on my Instagram about uh, Ruiz losing that fight. He's a boxer. He Ruiz won. He beat Anthony Joshua. Mm-hmm. And I made a video, like, kind of, in 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 my post, in my post, I gave Ruiz. He's an out of shape guy, and he beat this the most in shape guy ever. And I made I I gave him his props, but in the video, I I still kind of clowned his shape, you know, because it's like him being out of shape is the outstanding thing about the fight, about him winning the fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, there's jokes in that. So then I posted it, and then All Things Comedy reposted it, but they they changed the caption to suit, you know, you know, because they reposted it. So then people don't see the part where I praise Ruiz, and they start mm. trying to shit on the video. Oh, right? Okay. And I was like, hey, man. I don't, either way, I don't care. I've been booed. Like a room of 500 people Mm -hmm. to 1,000 people told me I wasn't funny and I didn't listen to them. So no matter what you say to me, you write your cute insult on Instagram or Twitter, why would I listen to you? Like I'm immune, Mm -hmm. you know, so. That's how I feel with even like road gigs is I've Mm -hmm. driven... 12 hours like yeah. up and back for a gig so yeah. now any other gig i'm like yeah i can go eight hours yeah yeah i've done all that like i yeah. risked my life to drive three ten hours to bomb and come <laughs> back on a snowy road i'm the only car with ball tires and there's trucks like swerving because they shouldn't even be out there much right. less me mm-hmm. and it's like good luck twitter didn't even exist then good luck y'all <laughs> Wasting your time trying to discourage me. That's what we, like, we're just, we're masochists, man. Not even masochists. I just feel like we know what we want to do. And the final comedian of the 2020 Boo Story compilation. A hot breath favorite and i ended on this comedian because he has become not only a friend but just an inspiration in this comedy game and of course i'm talking about dusty slay everyone dusty slay yes he inspires a lot of comics in several ways including that well one he's done everything from nashville he's pretty much built all of his success from nashville like that was something and my big goal here in comedy is to do everything from Atlanta. I didn't want to move and try to find success that way. Kudos to people that do and that have. I've interviewed several of them. I have several friends who have made those moves and taken the leap and it's worked out for them. This is just for me personally. I just wanted to do it in a different way. Kind of like with this comedy special where I just I wanted to produce it independently. I want to release it independently. I really want to show comedians that it's possible from anywhere, how anywhere, as long as you're willing to do the work and make up words like how anywhere. So the same thing with Dusty Slay. He's built all of his success straight out of Nashville, and he was in town. Maybe he was in town for the Laughing Skull Fest. And he was staying in an Airbnb on the south side. I want to say I contacted him on social media. But I had seen him before. I had seen him a few times perform. And I was just so blown away about, well, not only how funny he was, but just how authentic he was. And in turn, he gave us one of the most authentic interviews we've ever had on Hot Breath. And what's great, and you can see it on YouTube, we actually recorded this at his Airbnb. We're sitting on the stairs in this Airbnb, he's staying in like the downstairs of this house. We're sitting on the stairs that lead up into the bedroom. So like we're sitting on the stairs. You can see like his shoes in the background and his luggage and all that. And we're just sitting here on the stairs for like an hour 
talking comedy game, and he shares a really, really, really funny story all around, of course, you know, our favorite topic, and that's bombing on stage. And what really, what really solidified my fandom of Dusty was after the interview, we're we're walking out, and um, he's like, hey, he's like, would you like some CDs? And I was like, yeah, he gave me, Every all of his CDs, I think it was like two two CDs at the time. He gave me both of his CDs, and he gave me a T-shirt. I I was not expecting it. He as we're leaving, he's like, "Hey, you want some merch?" And I was like, "Yeah." yeah. So he gave me his CDs and merch. He signed the CDs. That merch is if y'all follow me on social media at Joel Byers Comedy. If you follow me on social media, you can see um, whenever I go on the road, that is now the shirt I wear. I wear my Dusty Slay shirt, and that's when people know I'm going out on the road. I'm hitting the road. is because I'm wearing my Dusty Slay shirt. And I've actually had people message me. I've recorded a video saying I'm going out on the road. I've had people message me and be like, hey, where's the Dusty Slay shirt? So it's truly become one of my most prized possessions here in comedy. And last time he was here in Atlanta headlining, I took the shirt and got him to sign it as well. So really, and you know what, I've... I've had several members of the Hot Breathiverse uh, reach out to him. Just, I mean, all these guests. I was talking to a guest, you know, Mark Caesar is a comedian I interviewed while I was in New Orleans who released his special independently, so I picked his brain about it on the podcast. And um, what was I talking about? Comedy specials? Information? I totally lost it. Honestly, don't know where I was going with that. I was talking about Dusty. And then Mark Caesar came up. But I was talking about Dusty. What was I talking about Dusty? How I saw him live. The episode. The merch. I really don't know where I was going with that. I have no idea. Isn't that fun? But if we sit here and talk for a minute maybe we'll find it so I was talking about Dusty Slay if you follow him on Instagram his shirt he signed it saw him live he was very nice we're having a good time (laughs) Mark Caesar New Orleans recorded it him talking about his special releasing it independently yeah I don't know I lost it But what I didn't lose is this final clip of the episode. And this is a doozy. And it's it's worth a listen. His his whole interview is worth a listen. But um the final comedian of this Boo Story mixtape goes to the one and only Dusty Slay, everyone. I did a show in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and I think they have like a you know a Native American population. So I have a joke about baskets, just a general basket joke. And then this lady goes, baskets are sacred to us. Oh. And I was like, all right. <laughs> all right. If I can't make fun of baskets, this is too far. That was a helpful hint, though, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, tread. It's like, it's like religion joke. Like, yeah. All right, all right. Move on from that yeah. one. Yeah. I was like, wow. I had no idea making fun of a sweet grass basket was, was so intense. Have you ever been booed on stage? Uh, never booed. Oh, never booed. Knock tragic. on wood. Yeah. What is like your most epic bomb failure experience? Well, I I opened I've opened for Ari Spears several times. I have too, because yeah. he only books white openers. Right. That was a big controversy after our interview. Yeah. 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 And uh and he the first time we worked together, there was a regular show, host, feature, Aries. It's great. I loved it. Second time I get there, it's two man show. Just me and Aries. And I'm better at that now, but for a long time, me hitting the stage first is not the way to go. (laughs) And uh, we need somebody, even someone just to come up and give announcements. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, Instead of just, all right. Yeah. Aries Spears will be here soon, guys. Right. But the whole weekend was good. But the late show Friday, I was on stage and the audience was just quiet. I was just, I'd hit joke after joke and they were just not into it. And then, like, some, some guy made a weird noise in the audience. And I was like, oh, someone's dying out there. And he goes, no, you're dying. <laughs> I was like, I just shrank down. I was like, 
because he was so right. I was like, I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. How far into the set was that? I think I had about ten minutes to go. Oh, so it wasn't too early, but I think I left the stage a bit early. I never do that. Mm -hmm. I always do time, but I was like, you know what? Aries is going to do ninety minutes anyway. I'm right. just going to yeah. get out of here. <laughs> what was the makeup of the audience? Uh, well, I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, but you know. Aries is not total like an urban comic, you totally. know, but um, yeah, I think he had a lot of free tickets on that late show. And I think free ticket people just tend to be not invested in the show. Yeah. They're like, we don't care about this. We got free tickets. We're paying $30 for drinks. We don't care. Yeah. You know? I've, I've been there, man. I've definitely been there where you're just, it's uh, even like five minutes in and it's not going well. And you're like, I still have 20 more minutes. Oh, yeah to figure something out here. Yeah, that's why if that's happening to me after a few jokes, I like to say, I'll go, that's a good joke. I'm like, I'll go, that's a good joke, guys. You can laugh at these, you know, feel free to get in here, laugh at these jokes. Let's have a good time, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's where that, we're having a good time. I mean, me and my wife actually was started saying that to each other, you know, we'd just be like, oh. we're having a good time. But I started saying that on stage, uh, for the shows when when it didn't seem like people were having a good time i would just go hey we're having a good time i don't like to ask i like to tell we're having a good time do you find that almost coerces them into oh i guess we are having a good time yeah i mean my my thought is that a lot of times if you're not doing well the audience uh either feels bad for you or they feel like this is what you do all the time they're like oh this guy must bomb all the time so I like to let them know, this is not how my shows normally go. Mm -hmm. You can laugh at these jokes. Get in here. And then I feel like that they, they see a real side to you. They're like, all right, this is a real person up here. Yeah. He's uh, self-aware. He notices that we're not into it. And, uh, and he seems to be okay. I remembered what I was talking about with Mark Caesar. I was saying, Mark Caesar, I was just recently talking to him. And he said about 20 people had reached out to him about the podcast. He was on Hot Breath and like 20 people reached out to him saying how helpful the episode was and how much they liked it and how much of a fan and they asked him questions. So that is my favorite thing to hear is when my guests are like, whoa, the Hot breath verse really moves strong. When people are on this show, I want them to know that they're going to make a difference and they're going to be helping a lot of comedians. So... That's what this whole show's about. If you like helping fellow comedians, get my special. <laughs> I think you'll learn a lot just in the process because it's a it's a unique it's a unique special format as well. It's not just like I don't just walk on stage, tell jokes. There's kind of some behind the scenes. It's more it's it's a unique format I think you'll really enjoy. I'm trying to just do a special in a different way. So if you can spare it. Your support is greatly appreciated. If not, I understand. Just keep listening to the podcast for free and not thinking twice about all the hours of work I put into it. But, nah, I'm just kidding. I appreciate you listening and sharing this. And the best thing you could do, really, if you want to help the show, follow it on Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, I just got alerts from Spotify saying one of the best ways to get more awareness around your podcast on Spotify is if people follow it and create playlists around your podcast. So if you enjoy the podcast and you listen to it on Spotify, definitely follow it. Definitely create, put it in a playlist. Subscribe to the YouTube as well. We're really going all in on Utah, Utah, on YouTube. We've had a lot of big growth. We almost have 1,500 subscribers on Hot Breath now and it's a lot of new listeners are starting to come in over on YouTube. And I'm Adding extra clips and educational content over there as well. You can also join the Patreon. Those of you watching this video, you already are, and I appreciate it. If you've thought about joining the Patreon now in 2020, if you've been listening to us and you're like, man, I, I really get a lot out of that show. I wonder how I could you know, help it out and make sure it keeps going. Hey, the Patreon's a great way. Also, picking up the special. All of that will be linked in the show notes. So thank you all for tuning into this. If you did enjoy this type of this format, let me know. Join the Facebook group. Go on Facebook. Search Hot Breath Comedy Network. There's listeners from around the world in there discussing comedy, sharing tips and tricks and insights. I'm in there hanging out as well, helping out however I can. So that's what this show's about in 2020. I want to double down 
on helping comedians really get to that professional level. So share this. Let other comics know this shows exist. All the episodes I talked about in here are linked in the show notes. You can also see it on Hot Breath podcast.com where we have a blog going on that's super great and 2020 is going to be awesome i am so excited i hope you are as excited or i hope this episode got you excited just to hear all these professional comedians be like yeah i'm i'm here but i'm i wouldn't have gotten here without these roadblocks and humps along the way so it's all part of the process just stay persistent stay consistent Stay listening to Hot Breath Podcast. I'm Joel Byers. I love you all so much. Thank you to my wife. Oh, go check out the theme song. Go click the link. Even if you don't get the special, just click that link to watch the trailer. Uh, you get to see my dog in there, but you also get to hear the theme. My wife made the theme song for this podcast. She made the theme song for my game show, and she made the theme song for this comedy special. So... Go check out, if you just hear the theme song she made. So thank you again to my wife. I thank her at the end of all these episodes. And until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.